Again, uh, Heavenly Gracious Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done in our midst. We're just so excited about your word. <clears throat> We're excited about following you. We're excited about being in fellowship with one another. We're excited about the fact that you're going to bring many unto yourself. We're excited that you have chosen us to partner with you. Uh, but today, Lord God, we do ask you that you would just strengthen our resolve uh, to remain focused on you in the midst of all the things uh, that continue to just to chip away at our emotions and our spirits. Uh, so today we lay it all on the line and we pray that you would be glorified by what's happening in our life. We ask you these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Well, who has not heard or attended a funeral? And not heard the drone of the preacher as they recite Psalm 23 at its conclusion. Uh, this Psalm 23 has been a part of traditional uh, scriptural repertoire to pronounce uh, the comfort of the Lord uh, to those who are grieving uh, the passing away of their loved one. But Psalm 23 is not just for those who are grieving the passing of a way of a loved one. And certainly that's acceptable. Psalm 23 uh, is for anyone who needs to be strengthened and encouraged through the promises of God's word at any point in their life. So Psalm 23 is not only important to those who grieve. It is important to those who are so under pressure that they can hardly take a breath. How have you been feeling lately? Have your circumstances been taking your breath away or are you quickly heading in that direction? Well, today begins a very brief two-part series about our very important need to trust in God. To trust in God as the foundational way of living a life as a disciple of Christ. It is foundational because if you are not there today, eventually you will have to make it to a place where you deeply need to trust him. I was there, I, I was there just yesterday. Some circumstances that happened, and I'm like, Lord, you got to have this, because if you don't have this, this thing is gonna this is something negative is gonna happen. And the Lord took care of it, and I was good because I prayed, I gave it to the Lord, and that was the end of that. Turn with me to Psalm 23, verse 1. So why should we trust in the Lord? Well, we trust in the Lord, our shepherd, to take care of our needs, don't we? We trust.
trust the Lord to take care of our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, First off, we see uh, God is pictured as the shepherd. And you remember David, who was a psalmist. Uh, He was also a shepherd as well. Remember that? You see, one of the reasons that he was able to pin such a, a wonderful song was because he walked through this as a shepherd and now he sees, he sees himself as a sheep being led by the great shepherd. Remember how, how David explained to others the bravery it took to defend these sheep against wild animal, animals that he was faced with. First Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. You remember this was the point in which um, uh, Israel was faced with deciding uh, how they're going to handle Goliath. And little David, he comes up and says, since there is nobody else, I'm going to be the man that's going to take care of this. And when they doubted, this was David's response to Saul. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, and I struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. You see, David, he had the background, he had the know-how, he understood the role of a shepherd for his sheep, so now he pins Psalms 23. Why? Because being a shepherd is simply more than uh, gathering everybody together and make sure they get something to eat and something to drink. David knew Uh, that a shepherd oftentimes uh, would put himself in a very difficult situation because it required his life sometimes. He told us that a shepherd must sometimes battle fierce animals uh, and enemies that try to attack uh, that which he cares about the most, and that is his sheep. So when we think of the Lord being our shepherd, we must think about those times which he battles fierce enemies on our behalf. Have you done that lately? I've thought about all the enemies, all those things that tried to come against you, that God took care for you. Of course, that first fierce enemy was eternal death, which threatened to sack not only our eternal existence, but also to sack the joy we need to experience right now in him. That other enemy which attempts to grab us by the heart is sin. We live through life every single day battling the ravages of sin, battling that stuff that tries to rob us of our confidence in Jesus Christ. Then there are the enemies of low self-esteem, the enemy of low self-worth, which eats away internally, causing us to fear forging ahead with God, who 
He has made us and has given us a purpose. And then finally, there are the enemies that we have no idea exist. These are uh, the enemies of your very existence uh, that God protected you uh, from being destroyed before you got to church today. Uh, that you had no idea uh, what happened uh, just the other day, uh, several times, it's very interesting, within two days, I had just missed an accident. I was just cruising down the street and just missed an accident. And all I could say was, thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Because sometimes God will have you delay. He will have you to be late. Uh, all because uh, he wants to keep you from some mess. And we run around mad at our wives or mad at our husbands because we can't leave on time. And, and God, as our shepherd, because he has forethought, he's protecting us from some mess. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying that every time you late, this is God uh, protecting you and your family. Amen. All right, if you late so much, uh, I think you're following the devil. <laughs> Amen. See, in our limited thinking, sometimes we think that all there is is what we see. The Lord has been holding back situations and people that would have taken us out of the game a long time ago. Amen. You know, and I've heard some of your stories, how, how some of you were on the, uh, the very edge of death. And I'm not talking about some uh, imaginary type of thing. I'm talking about how, how you were right there at death's door. And God delivered you. You see, uh, he protects us when we are defenseless, when we have no strength uh, that God, he sends forth his angels, he sends forth his Holy Spirit to do a work in our life. Even when we can't say, Lord, can you help me? Uh, that our great shepherd, he's there watching, interceding on our behalf. But every now and then the Lord, he just allows us to see what we are up against Quite frankly, he allows us to go through some negativity. I know uh, some people, they don't like to go through anything negative. Uh, they want to make sure that uh, everything is always good, that everything is always perfect. But I want to tell you, when do we learn then? Sometimes the best way to learn is simply to go through some stuff that folks can, they can tell you to, till they turn blue, the right thing to do, but not until, amen, not until you've gone through that you understand that, okay, this is the best thing to do. This is what I've learned. So now I'm strong on it. One of my greatest stories is little Marcus. When he was little, his parents told me a story about how he would uh, always look at, the, uh, look at the hot sauce until finally he had a chance to taste the hot sauce. And then he had this statement after the hot sauce. And he would say, uh, after you taste the hot sauce now, uh, he would call it hot tongue. Uh, but before then, it was all good, you know. Uh, when you're trying to get the cookies out, the cookie jar is all good. I just can't wait to get it. But then when you've gone through, when you finally had a chance to touch the fire, uh, then and only then do you now understand that, you know what, I get it, Lord. 
So you may be wondering, well, why am I going through what I'm going through? I don't see anybody else going through what I'm going through. Right, because you are not anybody else. Because what God does, he, he, uh, brothers, he, he custom makes an environment for us. You want custom made? God custom makes life for you. That nobody can walk in your shoes septin for you. Amen? But trusting in the Lord is also it's a little different from, from riding a bike. I was going to say, uh, you, you recall that, uh, and I think about my kids when I was teaching them how to ride a bike, how, how, how you want to trust in God, right? Uh, so you have your kid learning how to ride a bike, and you're going down the street running alongside of them, and they're like, you got me, Dad? I'm like, I got you, all right. And they're riding, they're looking back, you got me? Yeah, I got you. And then sooner or later, you get tired. You see, they're learning to trust you to hold them up. You see, as we live this life, we are learning to trust in God to hold us up. But eventually, when you're teaching your kid how to ride the bike, you got me, Dad? Yeah, you just keep on pedaling. I remember we were going through with Tania teaching her how to ride a bike. I think she was 18, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going down the street, right? We're... We're going down the street, and she's like, you got me? Yeah, I got you. We did that a couple of times, and then, uh, and then finally, uh, I let her go, and she's riding. She says, you got me? Now, this time, all I'm doing is just running alongside of her. That's all I'm doing. Then she said, you got me? I said, yeah, I got you. And then next time, uh, I let her go, and then she says, you got me? I said, yeah, I got you. And then as she got further and further away, I got louder and louder to give her a sense that I really had her. And then I realized as she approached the end of the block, I forgot to teach this girl how to stop. <laughs> well, she survived, amen. But eventually with kids, they, they reach a point, and you did this as well, uh, that you don't want your parents to interfere. Can't you just leave me alone so I can just uh, get my work done? Just stop talking to me and I'll be okay. You see, uh, this is not like the way it is with God. So you, you see, the older that you get with, with the Lord, uh, the one thing that you always want to say, you want to say, Father, do you still have me? You never grow up enough to say, I don't need you anymore, Father. Uh, stay away from me, God. Uh, I've had enough. Uh, one thing that you learn when you get older, when you get more and more gray, you just want to know, Father, do you have my back? And if God has your back, if God is leading you, then you, can, you feel strong enough to forge ahead and move on. You see, no one else matters. You hear what I'm saying? Not your husband or your wife or your father or your mother, not even your kids. No one else matters except for God. The only important thing is, is if God has your back. In the midst of a nation that sought the Lord for deliverance out of bondage and the Lord who led Israel through treacherous roads, King David could call on the Lord and he can call him my shepherd. 
This means that he is, uh, God is the one who's dedicated to our health and all of our needs. Uh, I know, again, I know that some people, they, uh, they want to be more independent. But again, we need to learn how to draw nearer and closer to the Lord. So if the Lord can be David's shepherd, he can and should be our shepherd as well. Uh, but if you are a Christian, if you uh, believe in Jesus Christ already, uh, there is uh, one thing that Jesus said that should be hot on your mind right now. John 10, chapter 11. John 10, chapter 11. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 11. When Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, for the sheep. Jesus has already laid down his life for us, and what we need today is to trust in him. Why? Because he who laid down his life, he lives today. He lives to make intercession for us and lives to strengthen us and to make us whole. Our shepherd has already purchased his sheep how? With his own blood. The Lord as shepherd is God who cares for us far beyond that which we could ever think. Especially if you consider a shepherd as a leader as well. God as our shepherd, he's different. Reminds us of that leader who is selfless, who's righteous, who's good. And this differs quite dramatically uh, from those whose primary goal, who calls them uh, your shepherd uh, or your leader, in one sense, who only thinks about their own food or their own clothing or what they can get out of it. In this picture, everyone who leads in a church must think of themselves as a shepherd. Amen. So if you are a leader to any degree within the church, you are a shepherd to someone. Amen. I'll say it again. If you are a leader to any degree within God's church, you are a shepherd to some degree. Because you have been entrusted to lead people into a right place. But David goes on to say, because the Lord is our shepherd, we will not have any unmet needs. Now, as you think about your situation, how many times that you have uh, beseeched the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech you. I have this going on. And you've gone away disappointed. I want you to know that God is looking out for you. Did David tell a lie about God who says uh, that uh, because he is your shepherd, you shall not have any wants or you shall not have any needs? You know, sometimes we get confused about uh, the things that we need and the things that we want. Amen? The things that we need versus the things that we want. And sometimes the things that we need is something, it may not even be on our radar, but the good shepherd, he knows. And he takes care of us. But not having any lack speaks of the sufficiency of God's grace to meet the needs of his people, says one scholar. I believe that the Lord speaks to us very strongly, stating that whatever your needs are, brothers and sisters, whatever you're going through today, that God stands willing and able to fulfill and fill in that gap in your life. 
And remember, our needs are not just physical. It's not just a gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, part of our issue is really what lies at our very heart, at our core. Sometimes for some people, the reason that they shop so much is because they're not filled up on the inside. Some folks, the reason why they got to have a man because they have not allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them up. The same thing is true uh, of a guy who says, I got to have a woman uh, only because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to fill you up. You see what happens when the Holy Spirit fills you. In fact, Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, but what? Be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with one thing, whatever was there becomes displaced. So uh, whatever is in your heart uh, that the Holy Spirit, that he pushes it out the way if he is indeed filling your life. So yeah, if you go ahead and drink too much, yeah, that's going to fill your life and not the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. If you're going to be filled with anger and not allow the Holy Spirit, yeah, you're going to be an angry person. If you're filled with insecurity and not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and displace that insecurity, you're going to be an insecure person. If you refuse to, to raise up your family in the way that they should go because of the way that you came up, it's all because you have allowed that to fill your heart and not allowed the Holy Spirit to fill your heart. The more we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our heart, the more content we are. I feel good. I feel good. All I need in the background right now is da 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 We trust in the Lord, our shepherd, to provide us rest. Psalm 23, 2. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The shepherd provides rest for his sheep. This is what we see when we look at the sheep lying down in green pastures, those green pastures. It, it could be a provision for food, but really in, in this particular verse, it's all about the tender blades of the grass that are so soft that you can lay down in them. Have you ever laid down in grass like that has been so soft? Versus the grass that are so stickly and it hurts when you lay down. What the Lord is saying in this passage is that I provide a place for you that the, uh, that the green grass is so tender and lush. It'll feel like you're laying on cotton. In order for the sheep to lay down, lie down in green pasture, it means the shepherd must be on constant watch. Making sure that no predators stalk or capture uh, his sheep. Uh, Roger Elworth says this, and I quote, All God's people have been given rest uh, from the guilt of sin and the fear of condemnation through the redeeming work of Christ. They are God's people by virtue of that. But they still need rest from hunger, from annoying parasites, and from conflict. We find these as we look to the green pastures in the word of God. We are either grazing in those pastures or we are straying from our shepherd.
So God says that uh, if you're not uh, coming to his word to graze in the word of God, that life can cause us to stray from him. If we're not grazing the pastures where the Lord has led us to rest, to strengthen us and to bring us close, then we're running away from the Lord. The shepherd also leads his sheep beside still waters. Uh, one of the needs of uh, most animals is their need for fresh water to drink. Without water, we all would perish. But still waters, however, it denotes a time of calmness. In, in this context, this is not, not about getting a sip of water. This is all about being calm in a calm place. In fact, uh, scripture says that it, it tells us uh, that when sheep actually drank, typically the shepherd would bring the sheep to a well. Right? Uh, take a look at this. Genesis chapter 29, verse 1 and th through 3. Genesis 29, verses 1 through 3. As an example. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in a field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, uh, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. You see, typically when you had a flock of sheep, you didn't take them to a river or a pond to drink. Typically, you would water them at a well. So when it says that he leads us beside, right, still waters, God takes us to a place of calmness and relaxation. I mean, you know uh, that for some people, for them to relax, one of the things they want to do is go near a pond. And you yourself may have done that as well. You want to go where, where the water is just nice and still. Because there you can meditate and you can pray on the things of the Lord. The shepherd leads us beside still waters. So we can finally get to a place of rest. So we can finally hear ourselves think. When was the last time you found time to sit back. Relax, take it easy, and just to be with the Lord. We trust in the Lord our shepherd to revive us. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So consider the restorative nature of God as shepherd in our life. Various translations, they translate this passage not only as uh, he restores my soul, but also he renews my life. Or he refreshes my soul. Or he renews my strength. Each uh, translation has in mind the restorative effect uh, that our great shepherd imparts to us when we recognize him as shepherd while responding to him as a sheep. And you notice in this entire psalm that there's no place for rebellion. Do you see that? Any rebellion there? 
You see any sin? Now, now we're not saying uh, that, the, that the sheep never wanted to stray, but we're saying within the context uh, of this psalm uh, that there's no rebellion. There's no rebellion here. But when one does stray, we're going to deal with that next time. So like sheep, this verse tells us that after we are exhausted and can't move along one more inch, that God knows it and begins to make provisions for us to be refreshed in our spirit. Have you ever been there that you just feel like, you know, I just, you know, oh, man, I just can't, I, I can't make it today. Not today. When we can't make it one more inch that God makes a provision for you to move again because he restores our souls. So like sheep, this verse tells us after we are exhausted and can't move again, that again, that God, he makes his provision for us. But as believers, we must do our part as well. Amen? That when God, uh, that he, he, he opens that door for us, that we must open up that door for renewal. What does it mean to be renewed or restored in your soul? It means you no longer feel the way that you felt before you got here today. Amen? One of the things I used to love about church when I was a kid, and I never, I, I never could understand it. I never could understand it. But I would leave church as a kid, and I would always feel good, regardless of how much I didn't want to go when, I first, when we first left in the morning time. I felt good. Because it was God who would restore my soul. What are you hyped up about right now? Come on. What are those things that are putting knots in your stomach that nobody else knows about? This is the reason why some people explode uh, for what seems to be very little reason at all. They explode or become volatile because they have not learned to enter into God's place of restorative rest. But listen to how uh, the message paraphrases Psalm 23, verse 3. Listen how he says this. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Again, isn't that how it feels sometimes? You just want a moment, just a second, just to catch your breath so you can make it another day. Our shepherd will allow us to catch our breath if we allow him to restore our souls. And finally, Leading us in paths of righteousness or down the right path means that uh, we can't go wrong with the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and stop leaning to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord. November 20th, 1861, it is around this time uh, that they were, uh, 
that someone came up with an idea that, uh, that the United States needs some type of, of model that shows its trust on, in God. So Secretary Chase, he instructed James Pollock, who was the director of the Mint at Philadelphia, to prepare a, a model. And this is how the letter read. It says, Dear Sir, no nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. You need to get that. No nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. You notice that as our nation continues to get further and further away from God, how the attacks against uh, the United States and its affiliates all over the world are increasing. Have you made that correlation? You see, our nation, it cannot be strong except in the strength of God. Only if the Lord becomes our defense. For us as individuals, there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to live. And that is to trust in God. In God I trust indeed. But is it in God you trust? Let's pray.